previously on Growing Up Gilmore. Is the Bible a pop culture? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like, maybe. Depends on the version. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. How do you think the boyfriends would have panned out? <laughs> they wouldn't have. <laughs> that. <laughs> what do you guys say, Mary? I'm I watching made, your face. I, I know. A, I made a critical <laughs> error in what that I... What? Also went down a deep rabbit hole. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. Hello, everyone. This is Amy. And this is Elise. And we are Growing Up Gilmore. This week, we are back to our roots where it's just the two of us. Talking about season two, episode 15, Lost and Found. I think this is quite possibly one of my new favorite episodes. Mm -hmm. So good. I think we have both watched this a combined (laughs) like 20 times before this. Yeah. Just like not even just in preparation, just in leisurely watching (laughs) it too, because it's so good. Yeah, it's really good. Um, And there's a lot to dissect and talk about. So we're going to get right into it because I have a feeling this will be a longer episode. Okay. Um, so Elise, who is our writer and director for Lost and Found? Okay, so our director is someone we've had before. Um, she is Gail Mancuso. She did Red Light on Wedding Night. Mm, So she will direct a total of five episodes. Um, So this is her second. Okay. And she'll have three more in season three, and then she's out. Um, I did write down some of her accolades because I don't remember them. So I'll quickly sum those up. She did 14 episodes of Friends. Okay. The one that I noticed that was the most standout to me was the Princess Leia episode where Ross has the fantasy about Princess Leia and then Rachel comes yeah. yep. dressed up in the gold bikini. Um, so she also directed Dharma and Greg, Two Guys in a Pizza Place. Do you remember that show? No, but I do remember Dharma and Greg. <laughs> Me too. I love Jenna Elfman. Oh my gosh. Community, Unbreakable, Kimmy Schmidt. Okay, this is ringing a bell. Now, this will really ring a bell, that 90s show. Oh, yeah. She directed the whole series, didn't she? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I do remember ragging on that after you said that. (laughs) And not dead yet, so. Okay, okay. She's pretty cool. Yeah. And I feel like her TV, I mean, she's directed a lot more than what I wrote down, but seems like a lot of her TV kind of fits that. Gilmore Girls Mm -hmm. genre where some of our directors it's been like what are you doing like like really Richard and Stars Hollow the direction in that was no like but there's stuff that they've directed before yeah it's like oh yeah like it's like doesn't fit who was it that did like (laughs) that went on to do like like House of Dragons and like Game of Thrones and I was like how does this fit in <laughs> here? Yeah. yeah. So then our um, writer is Amy Sherman Palladino. Of course. So my fun fact, and I actually really did not know this. Okay, so her dad 
um, John Sherman. He plays the bartender in the Rocky movies. What? Yeah. No way. Yeah. So then he probably knew um, Milo before. Because doesn't he play Rocky's son? Jess? Yeah. Well, I don't know if they had scenes together. No, yeah. he was just the bartender. Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to go back and watch that. I yeah, love the Rocky her, movies. In, yeah, they're so good. In the infamous boxing franchise, her dad can be seen as Andy, the bartender. His character is funny, and it's clear to see that some of her talents were inherited from her father. <laughs> I'm just reading the rest of that article. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Cool. I did yeah. not know that. I did not either. I was like, oh, it's going to be so hard to find a fun fact about Amy. And then that popped up, and I was like, <laughs> You were like, score. Was it's it like, while you were driving? I win life. Just kidding. No, it was when I was parked. Okay. And your husband was waiting. <laughs> to, <laughs> I was just killing time in my car. I mean, we all got to kill time somehow. Poor Britain. But that's okay. Yeah. So full disclosure, this week I was diagnosed with shingles. That sucks. So I'm <laughs> sitting here. How's my shingles? How's shingles? Anytime, That's why I text you. I know. My brother thought that was so funny. It's like, oh, Lisa's texting me. He goes, did she ask how shingles was? <laughs> I said, yeah. Um, but I'm. this is the only thing I've been looking forward to all week. So I was like, we are not canceling. I need to talk about this episode. I need to know what you think. So here we are. Mm-hmm. We're We're going to go for it. There's a lot that happens. And it's like, I felt lost, but now I feel found. <laughs> yeah. Because it's the title of the episode. Yeah, I know. That was good. That was really good. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Okay, this episode opens up with the Gilmore Girls walking through Town Square Lorelai had attempted to clean the gutters out and has her hand all bandaged up um, because she cut her hand trying to clean out the gutters. I'm not entirely sure. I think the only reason we have this is to remind us that the gutters are a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Because, I mean, we had how many episodes now where... They talked about the gutters. That was in episode 13. Yeah. And now we're, here we are, episode 15. Oh, yeah. They need their gutters cleaned out. Yeah. Um, It just feels very, like, thrown in. Like, how do we remind people of the gutters? Oh, yeah. Let's just do it this. You know? Yeah, she cut her hand. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's fine. Yeah, it is what it is. It's short. It gets to the point. Um, and it's a good way of reminding the audience of other real life drama that's going on at, at their at their home. I mean, this is also related to a tisket a tasket because she wanted to find somebody mm-hmm. that would clean out her gutters. Yeah. So it's just kind of going along with that. It just feels like this is actually the follow-up to that episode. It is. It absolutely is. That's why I think 
Like what just happened in between was like pointless. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but I thought that Richard and Stars Hollow was that's why I think it's bad. so hard to do a 22 episode series. Yeah. I do this like I watch this I do this with Buffy too. Like and I'll watch every every time I do a rewatch of Buffy, I watch every single episode. And there are bad ones. Mhm. <laughs> there are yeah. ones where they're like okay, well, I'm doing this because I'm a fan. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's strange to me that we have like we have filler episodes when you have these characters that have been so overdeveloped and and given so much life, but then you have an episode like Richard and Stars Hollow where it's like okay, but what are we doing? Like, yeah. we could have had that scene with Dean and Richard and the car and all of that in any other episode. And we could have fit it. And it, it would have been fine. Yeah. And I... Although I was thinking about that Richard episode more last night before I went to bed. And I was, like, thinking about that episode and wondering if that... Not to get back into Richard. We no, finally I, got away from I know. it. Yeah. I don't know why I'm coming back. But I had a thought about Richard and Stars Hollow and maybe that that show where we had to see him go through all that, you know, like he's annoying yeah. over and over and over. But I wonder if it's like sort of a commentary on kind of his character in general in TV. Yeah. Like how we always see, kind of see like the father figure is annoying or the parent, parental figure is annoying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I could definitely see that. And like we have, that was both follow up like Emily episode and the Richard episode. Those mm-hmm. were the fillers in between Lost and Found and Tusk at a Tasket. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I know what that's like reaching. It's not really meaning anything. But I do think that Richard and Stars Hollow was better than maybe I give it credit for. I mean, that's entirely fair. It's if you're no looking at it now. symbolically, I yeah. think it's kind of cool what they did with it. Yeah. If you look at it very like bird's eye point mm-hmm. of view mm-hmm. to kind of suggest that's what in in general tv or any kind of thing where it's like the parents are kind of boring and annoying and they serve as annoying characters yeah and then yeah. it's kind of sad how it ends and he you know stays alone in his office i like that you night. call it sad because bryn had just listened to the episode and he was like yeah and then when richard has his dumb pity party at the end we're all supposed <laughs> to feel bad for him i was like whoa okay whoa relax <laughs> um yeah speaking of edward herman i did watch overboard yes and i, I loved know. it he i mean that's basically just a young richard yeah to foodie klein yeah didums <laughs> but it was it was good it was really fun yeah so. i'm glad you liked it, it yeah i'm so happy it. when anybody watches a movie i tell them to watch yep so i got to fill in my bullet journal that i watched overboard <laughs> and i gave it five stars Yay. it was fun so if you're looking for a classic fun film overboard is it it has a plot problematic plot absolutely but- 
You gotta love one every once in a while. But man, Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn have like... (sighs) The chemistry. The chemistry is insane. It's all I want. Yeah. That's why I'm single. I'm holding out. For For your Kurt Russell. (laughs) Yeah. It's gotta be ride or die like Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell or nothing. 40 years they've been together. So great. Yeah. They met... Actually, I think they met on Silk... um, Not Silkwood. Nope. It was... Uh, I looked this up. If they met, uh, like, it was where she's in the factory. She's, yeah. like, the factory worker. And yep. I love that movie. And they I'm did getting two... confused with Silkwood now. I think what it said is they did two movies together, and then... He hit on her first. Yeah. And they have, like, a 10-year age difference, don't they? Or... I think so, yeah. Yeah, and she's the older one. And I was like, wow, he has some gall. I love it. I know. She's okay. such a badass woman. Anyway. God damn you, Goldie Hawn. But anyways, yeah, lost and found. Yeah. Just so get a tasket. I've set started getting to the Richard thing. But yeah. Yeah. And now I think it's kind of similar to season one where it's like we had Emily in Wonderland. We had third Lorelei and then Emily in Wonderland. And both of those episodes are rather like blase. Once we got past that, then it was like smooth sailing into drama, excitement, fun, everything. And we are hitting that stride now that we are in episode 15. Now there is no looking back. Yeah. It's, we are about to have some pretty epic conversations Finally. I know. And the movie Swing Shift. Sorry, I had to look that up real quick. With Goldie Hawn. Oh, Swing Shift. Swing Shift. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. All right. So let's get into it. We have the girls going into Luke's diner. So we know that's where we're going to start right away. Um, And I love this next scene with Luke and Lorelai. Lots of good Luke and Lorelai. Mm-hmm. I failed to mention in the last portion that the Gilmore girls, that the Gilmore girls, as they are getting into Luke Steiner, talk about how her cut on her hand could potentially turn her into a superpower or superhero where her superpower could be showering really fast. Now, I'm only saying this because there is a callback to this joke in this next scene. So the Gilmore girls are seated waiting for Luke to show up to take their order for breakfast. And they notice that Caesar is cooking and they don't like Caesar's cooking as much as they like Luke's. So they're panicked and Rory's like, what are we going to do? Just order donuts? Like that's not a suitable breakfast. But Lorelai says, I'll figure it out. She goes upstairs and she's standing outside of the apartment door and she hears Luke like rumbling around and he's like stupid this stupid that stupid lamp and she knocks on the door and he's like what are you doing here and she's like we need you to make us breakfast and he says he's trying to find his supply ledger he can't find it and Lorelai says that she had a near-death experience and she needs him to make pancakes this morning because he makes good fluffy pancakes and Caesar doesn't make them like that. 
Okay. So the place is trashed, demolished. There is there are boxes everywhere. Apparently the rest of Jess's stuff arrived and that is how he unpacked. So Luke cannot find anything. And when Jess comes out of the bathroom, Luke says, you've been in there for two hours. Like there are other people that live here. I just couldn't get my hair to bounce the way I wanted it to. <clears throat> okay. Uh-huh. Two hours. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he says, you know, there's other people living here. And he goes, huh, you learn something new every day. He grabs with one hand a stack of like six books and his jacket and he goes out the door. And it's not a school day because Rory doesn't have her uniform on. So where are you, where are you going that you need to have six books? <laughs> you know? But also, remember Rory packing her backpack for school? Mm-hmm. It's like the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. But he's too cool for a backpack, so he just manhandles six books. Yeah. Yeah. At that point... <laughs> yeah, like I just have to be done. so hard. I know. At oh, that point... Um, I did stupid stuff like that before, too. I know. Me, too. Absolutely. It's painful when you can tell teenagers are doing that stuff nowadays because you're like, I know what you're doing. Yeah. Please stop. It's so embarrassing. It makes my skin crawl. I know. But I'm just trying, you know, (laughs) you just got to let them learn the same way you did. Same way I did. Painful. Anyway. So Luke and Lorelai are left up there talking and he says. (laughs) I just want to like start carrying like. Like Moby Dick with me and like the bell jar yeah. and like War and Peace. <laughs> like I don't even think I could carry War and Peace in one hand. Yeah. <laughs> it's just stupid. And they were not all small books. Like no. there were some big books in there. Okay, go on. <laughs> anyway. It just says I'm not gonna even go there. I'm gonna be done. I'm done. Me too. Okay. 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 I have to breathe because I'm starting to sweat. Okay. (laughs) They, Lorelai and Luke are having their back and forth. And Luke says he needs to find this ledger. He can't go downstairs until she, he finds it. And Lorelai says, do you promise when you find it, you will make us the pancakes? And she goes, if you make us the pancakes, I promise to help you shower really fast. And I was like, what is happening? I was like, damn, girl, you got game. Like, what? Where did that come from? He would not even understand that callback. No. You just <laughs> said it because, oh, my God. This this episode is filled with a lot of, like, Amy Sherman Palladino being like, what's going to get their hearts racing? I know. Because, like, if Luke heard that, like, any... Most men would like light bulb and their head would go off. Like what? Shower. Yeah. Shower <laughs> with you right now. Quick. Here. Jess You're is out of the fast. bathroom. He just got out of the bathroom. <laughs> so we've got time. How bad did you want those pancakes? 
Yeah, and he'd like... But, like, the thing is, like, do you think that she would have used that same joke with, like, Sookie? No. Yeah, me either. No. I think because... Suki sometimes gets caught up in the details mm-hmm. where Luke is just like, she's crazy. Yeah. And not crazy, but you know what I mean. She's a loose cannon. So whatever comes out of her mouth, I just have to like go with it. Yeah. Because he, uh, he doesn't really seem to be like stopped in his tracks no, when she says that. Not at all. He's just like, whatever. I just need to find this. I need to find it. So she finds it. She holds it up. Is this what you're looking for? And he's like, yeah, can I have it, please? And she's like, are you going to make the pancakes? And he says, give me the book. She says, give me the pancake. And they end up going downstairs together. So a few things are set up in this episode. Or in <laughs> and this that's scene. not a euphemism. They actually do go downstairs. I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, we have set up. That, again, she needs help with her gutters. And now she has vocalized it to also Luke. Also not a euphemism. Correct. Also <laughs> not a euphemism. Um, Jess is just wandering around manhandling books in Stars Hollow. <laughs> like seven books. Yeah. I think every time we talk <laughs> about it car. later. Like he has to like, if he's going to go into Walgreens. He has to carry all seven books. He has to books. like carry. Yeah. Every time we reference him manhandling the books, let's add another book. <laughs> so like it was six, now it's seven. And then later when we talk about it again, it'll be like 10. Yeah. It's like, oh, sorry. I got to put down Catcher in the Rye. Oh my God. He is a J.D. Salinger. Is that how you say it? Sal- Salinger. Salinger. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Totally. I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we have set up the gutters. We have set up Jess just wandering and not doing anything <laughs> constructive. And then we've also set up that Luke is getting very fed up with their living arrangement. So there's a lot going on here, a lot being developed here. And it's really kind of given us what we need for the episode at this point. Mm -hmm. And a lot of buildup to tension, sexual tension, Mm -hmm. very early on. Um, Which is interesting because I feel like we don't always get that with these characters. Mm Mm-mm. But something definitely feels different. And I don't know if it's the transition of having an Amy episode after going so long without an Amy episode that she's like, let me take my characters back for a minute and really get some things rolling here. Yeah, I'm not sure. But I'm just glad I don't have to look at Christopher's face. We get to see both of our favorite fellas with our favorite ladies and it's just we're only four and a half minutes in and you just know it's going to be good it's be so good it is now the end of the day and i have failed to mention to the podcast that i absolutely hate lorelei's shirt 
Oh, the cat shirt. The cat mm. shirt with the little tiara. And then I think it's even like bedazzled. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and it's like, what are you doing <laughs> wearing that? Anyway, they are walking past Luke's. They're talking about getting some Rocky Road ice cream. Lorelai says she wants to get a tattoo of Mel Brooks. On her ass. On her ass, yeah. On her butt, on her bottom. <laughs> and as they walk by Luke's, she's like, hey, Luke. And looks in the window, and he's sitting at one of the diner tables with his arms crossed, watching a little, like, two-by-two black-and-white TV with a clothes hanger with tin foil on it. So for those of you that listen... That are not of this generation. <laughs> a long time ago, TVs used to be really small, like travel TVs. And we had, my aunt had one in a minivan that was like a really <laughs> old minivan. Um, and it was like the screen was just a tiny bit bigger than my phone. Mm-hmm. But man, it was so cool to say we could watch TV while yeah. we were driving. Um <laughs> But Lorelai sends Rory to go get the ice cream. She goes inside to talk to Luke. And she's like, oh, you have a baby TV. That's so cute. And he's like, yeah, well, it does the job. And she's like, don't you have a full-size grown-up TV upstairs? And he's like, well, Jess is upstairs. And he wants quiet and space. And I can understand that. I can respect that. Mm -hmm. It's nice to have space. And she says, maybe you need to get a new apartment. And he's like, no, I just need to reorganize. And she's like, you do not need to reorganize. You need a bigger space. You need a space for you and a space for Jess. And he doesn't seem crazy about the idea because we know Luke. He's very set in his ways. This is the way he wants it. But she says it's important that you have your own space like that upstairs wasn't even meant to be an apartment in the first place and you turned it into one. So if it's just enough for one. It's not enough for two. Mm -hmm. And as they're talking, she is like leaning in so close to him. It almost feels like. They're having like a really intimate conversation when really they're just talking about apartment hunting. Mm-hmm. But when Rory comes back in, he says, good, get her out of here. And then suggest offering Jess the job to clean out the gutters. Lorelai says she's got to check with a few people first, but she'll let him know. And then they leave. Do you have anything to add from that scene? <laughs> um, I don't know. I thought that Luke maybe was sitting there on purpose in the middle that Lorelai would see him. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's like where. I would have went because like that how that diner is laid out. If I were going to watch TV down there, I would have gone to the back booth. Yes. And leaned my back on that. Yeah, because I wouldn't my want legs up everyone to see me watching either. Yeah, exactly. You know, like he was 
sitting in that spot because it was the most accessible to the window. (laughs) And you could see what he was watching. I mean, barely, but you could see what he was watching. Baseball, right? Mm -hmm. And it was like an open invitation. It was like... It was like, if Lorelai walks by, she'll, she'll be, this will be too much for her to handle. Yeah. She will come and say something to me. And then I will be able to bitch about how I don't have space upstairs. Right. It's like, I see I'm you, setting this up <laughs> in order to pull her in because she can't not say something. No. She has to say something. And that TV is like a... F- Freaking that tiny, tiny TV is like a flashing neon sign for Lorelai to make fun of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. So, so I don't know. I see you, Luke. I know. Because I would have sat in that back booth. Yeah. Unless it was just because he didn't have a plug-in. And then he needed to reach well, the plug-in. Well, I think plug-in. they used to be battery-operated. Or is his a plug? Oh, I, don't I don't know. But I think... Either way, it's seems weird that there would be a plug in the middle of the floor, too. But not if it was, like, a by the counter. True. And he just stretched it. Yeah, But then true. He, he, you know, he's, he's the proud owner of, like, 20 extension cords. Absolutely. And they're, like, full, and they're, like, curled, they're like, like, rolled nice. Meticulously put away. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So I think this is a setup. <laughs> Which is funny because I had never thought about that before, but then you had suggested it when we were talking about the episode. And I was like, you're right. Like, Lorelai would not be able to resist if she saw Luke sitting there with a tiny, tiny, tiny TV. Never. And he's drinking a beer, which I thought was interesting. Because I don't think I've ever seen him. He seems like a beer guy. He does. But health-wise, no. But yeah. he maybe he's at like his he's breaking drink. point. They, they had beer when they painted. Oh yeah, that's right, that's right. I, I feel just like feel like he like must he's be a beer guy. Yeah, one hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lisa's <laughs> smirking. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Next, the girls leave and they're walking, and Rory confronts. Lorelai by asking, you know, I thought you were going to give Jess a chance. And she says, I'm just not comfortable with him, Rory. And she kind of goes on, excuse me, Rory goes on to say, well, you won't get comfortable if you don't give him a chance. Remember when you started here, you didn't like Luke you called him Duke for the first two years. And then once you guys got to talking, everything was fine. And now you love him. And that caught Lorelai off guard. Well, she goes, well. <laughs> yeah. But you could see in her eyes, she was like, what? And we know that Rory did not mean it in like love, like a romantic sense. But the fact that Lorelai was like, hold on a second said a lot Mm -hmm. a lot um at that point she's like fine i will give 
Jess a chance as long as I can call him Tess for a while. And she's like, great, fine. They continue walking. And then all of a sudden, Lorelai kind of stops Rory mid walk and says, can I ask you something? Why the sudden need for me to like Jess? And she goes, well, he's Luke's nephew and we eat at Luke's every day and Luke is our friend. And I think it would just make things a lot nicer if we all got along. And she's like, so that's it. It's just because of Luke and the diner. You guys aren't friends or anything. And she's like, well, I don't know if you would call us friends. We're like friend-ish. We're not like Webster's Dictionary friends. And she's like, okay. And it's very clear that Lorelai knows that something else is going on. And Rory is evading the conversation because she wants to have boundaries around it. Mm -hmm. And I guess my question for you is, do you think that she's taking Rory at face value and believing what she's saying or do you think that Lorelai knows what's up? She know. I think she knows what's up. Yeah. And she's just kind of lying to herself, perhaps. That Lorelai's lying to herself? Yeah. A little bit, yeah. I don't think if she was asking those questions. Yeah. Like, trying to be, like, she's feeling, she's clearly trying to feel, like, uh, not gain something or um, get Rory to succeed and tell her that it's because of something else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, it's a crush or something. Right. Yeah. I think that's why Lorelai's digging because she's like, what is this? Or what is this turning into? What am I walking into here mm-hmm. by letting Jess in? Is it also like also warning her yeah I could be like even if it's like you know what maybe I can kind of see that you have a crush or maybe something's going on here but I'm gonna warn you yeah yeah I think so too I think that it's coming off like you like him mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah like maybe don't be so eager give yeah. yourself a little breathing room because it's not looking good because it's weird that you want me to like him yeah and that you're actively trying so hard yeah. for me to like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like why? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I know why. <laughs> <laughs> but that's where we end with the girls. So Jess is going to clean out the gutters. The two of them are trying to navigate this. I want you to like Jess. I'm not sure about Jess. And Lorelai has now planted the seed with Luke that he needs to go apartment hunting. So that's where we're at. We are now with Luke coming into the apartment with, um, it says hard rock music playing. But it's called Price Yeah by The Pavement. I've never heard of them. But it's an alternative band. And... He's throwing clothes around, trying. There's no way he could even get to his bed, I think. Assuming 
that all of this stuff is blocking the way. There's books everywhere, clothes everywhere. And he's like going insane, trying to live in this tiny little space. And he's like, that's it. I've had it. And Luke's like, or Jess says, what the hell? Like, what's wrong with you? And he's like, I can't live like this anymore. I Every night I lie in bed and I dream that I'm being chased around with boxes and that clothes are covering my face and it's being pe- taped up by packaging tape. And you're sitting in the corner putting gel in your hair with a switchblade. And Jess goes, do I need to be putting a tongue depressor in your mouth? And he says, tomorrow we're moving. And Jess is like, what? But, and he says, no buts. Tomorrow, 10 a.m., I want you up, showered, dressed, and moosed, ready to go. Because we're moving. And we're going to look at apartments. And he's like, fine. And then they're standing there. And Luke is like, what? And Jess goes, I can't sleep without the music. So then he turns the music back on and storms away. So they're going to find an apartment. Do you think that Lorelai really planted the seed of getting an apartment? Or do you think her saying he needed one was like the nail in the coffin? (sighs) Like, oh, Lorelai thinks I need a new apartment. She can't see me live like this. I don't know if it's that deep. Okay. What do you think? I don't think it's that deep either. Just fishing for... (laughs) Content. Content, yeah. (laughs) Conversation. No, I think that... it I think that it just planted a seed. And then he's like, yeah, she's right. I'm just going to do this. I'm going crazy. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... did bring up an interesting point when we were talking yesterday um asking if i thought jess needing the music was kind of like a trauma response Mm -hmm. and i said well what do you mean and he goes well if mom has like crappy boyfriends in and out and maybe there's like fighting and whatever maybe he needs the loud music to sleep because he had to play it to like drown out yeah the whatever was going on at home and I was like oh wow that's super insightful Mm -hmm. and probably very accurate yeah um because I think a lot of times we look at Jess and we're like oh he's you know a bad guy or he's the antagonist or whatever he's wild yeah but he's a kid who Mm -hmm. has gone through a lot of trauma yeah blaring music I mean Also, that's just, like, what teenagers do. Yeah. I still blare music (laughs) from time to time. To, like, to sleep, though. No, not to sleep. (laughs) I never, I could never fall asleep to music. I can't fall asleep to the TV, either. Yeah. I can fall asleep to the TV. I cannot fall asleep to music. And I, well, I shouldn't say that. I can fall asleep to TV if it's something I've seen before. Like the other day, because I'm sick, I took a nap and I fell asleep watching Gilmore Girls. But it was because it was like, that's my, this is my comfort show. Yeah. And you're sick. Yeah. No, I mean, like some people I know, like they have to put this, they fall asleep in order, they put the TV on in order to, order 
to fall yeah, no, asleep. I can't do that. I'm just like, give me the fan noise. Yep. And dark. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, that would be, I think, the smart actor choice to make if you were to say that is a trauma response, mm-hmm. needing the music to fall asleep because you don't want to hear whatever kind of sound. It might not even just be fighting. Right. Exactly. If she's having all these wild relationships yeah yeah i think and i think too when we look at luke and jess's relationship luke is very much like we are in survival mode Mm -hmm. right now and i don't think he is thinking long term well we know he's not thinking long term and i think he needs to see that He is stability for Jess that Jess will never find anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And I don't think Jess thanks him for that until much later from what we, you know, have seen or heard or whatever. But it's Luke saves Jess Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. And this is kind of the first step we get to see in Luke wanting to do something to give them a better situation, a better arrangement so that they can both be comfortable and happy. And sometimes that's all it takes is just to have your own space. Mm -hmm. I mean, having your own room or having your own time to just like create and do something for yourself is pretty powerful. Mm Mm-hmm. And it goes beyond the diner. It has to go beyond the diner. So, yeah. Yeah. But that's it. They're going to go apartment hunting tomorrow. And the next scene is them apartment hunting. This is one of Bryn's favorite scenes in the episode. (laughs) So we will uh, dive right into that. The next scene shows Jess and Luke leaving from an apartment tour. And they're discussing... All of the options. This one was painted pink. Luke says they can repaint it. And Jess says, you mean I can repaint it? And Luke says, we can do it together. To which Jess responds, well, then we can hold hands and skip afterwards. And they talk about, I think, four different, three different apartments. One with two fridges, one with a cat, one that's pink, and one with all the windows. And every time there's a change that needs to happen... Jess says, oh, great. And then we can hold hands and skip afterwards. And Luke is like, can you please stop saying that? And Jess has to go off now to clean the gutters for Lorelai. And Luke says that he'll take pictures of the other places because he doesn't want to choose this on his own. And Jess is like, you can take a picture, paint a still picture, whatever, just choose a place. I didn't want to move here, but here I am. Wherever you decide, I will be there too. And I'm trying to figure out if this is like a defense mechanism, like I don't want to get too close to you because I don't know what's going to happen. Or is he, is just trying to like push himself out of the picture again? Like what? Why wouldn't he want his own space? <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I, I'm i not following that. 
And I think for Luke, he doesn't want to be the only one to make the decision because he's never made a decision like this before. And it it does not only affect him. It affects Jess, too. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. What do you think? I think Jess just doesn't care. He's got his mind on one thing right now, and it's Rory. Mm-hmm. Because like he even said, well, I got to go. I'm sorry, or I'm going to be late for Lorelai. And then he knew that would get Luke to shut up. Yeah. Because Luke was like, oh, yeah, you can go then. Yeah. Because he doesn't, you know. He doesn't want him to be late. His main focus is Lorelai, too, in a way. Mm-hmm. So I think that this scene, it, it is about the apartment. But we're also seeing that their main, I think both of these characters, Luke and Jess, their main goal is like the, the Gilmore, Gilmore girls. girls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the apartment. But what we're really talking about is the women. I think. I think that's like the number one importance. Yeah. Well, and too, like I think I said earlier, Luke wants to pick a place that Lorelai likes. Yeah. I mean, to the point where he begs her later to join him mm-hmm. in haunting for an apartment. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of similarities between Luke and Jess. Mm-hmm. And you see it because of this. Because before it was like. He almost Luke almost has mannerisms like Jess in the beginning where he's when he's talking to Lorelai. Um, is almost similar to how Jess is talking to Luke right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, whatever. Yeah. Kind of like, whatever. Like, Jess is almost like, yeah, fine, go get an apartment. I don't really care. I. He's thinking about seeing Rory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wants to be on time. And it's almost like, yeah, I'm sure he wants his own space, but... He's just thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Where, mm-hmm. like, earlier Luke wasn't thinking, like, how Lorelai was thinking about right. expanding your life. Yeah. And now he's starting to come around to that because of what Lorelai said. Yeah. But I no, don't know. I agree. No, I think that's very true. I don't know if that has anything to do with my original point. <laughs> <laughs> and but you I'm, know what? We got can, there. I don't know if you can hear it in the tone of my voice, but I'm really trying to get there. Yeah. I think we'll get there yeah. as this goes on. But I think it's it's kind of good to set up like where they are versus where they will be at the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Gilmore girls are sitting at home. Lorelai has purchased a new state-of-the-art CD clock radio. And did you ever have a CD clock radio? Mm-hmm. I don't I- think I did. I'm pretty sure. I think I went from like the standard alarm clock to one that my iPod could plug into and wake me up. Okay. Yeah. But hers makes farm noises. <laughs> That's not something I would want to wake up to. No. Um. In fact, I don't even wake up to music because I'm afraid it'll like put me to sleep again. Yeah. Do you I, wake up to Lana Del Rey? No. Oh, okay. Do you know what I wake up to? No, what? I wake up to the Twin Peaks theme. <laughs> nice. 
And let me tell you, I've had some weird dreams. I can imagine. I, I do. I actually set multiple alarms, and a couple of them are Twin Peaks, because I think it's really eerie to wake up to that noise. Um, mm. But I also do, like, a regular, uh, the traditional alarm sound, just in case. Yeah. Yeah. I've had to learn the hard way. Yeah. Me too. Me too. All because of David Lynch. <laughs> Anyways, get back to the story. Anyway, so <laughs> they are listening to the sounds, and then there's a, a pounding at the door. Rory jumps up to get the door, and standing by the door, and not just standing, he has an arm up, and he is leaning against the door. And the minute she opens the door, he throws her a CD, and she's like, the shags, and he goes, trust me. And she's like, okay. And... um. She says, you know, what's new? How are things going? He but says, hey, when a guy gives you music, he's so into it's you. It's so, yeah. It's, it's otherworldly. When, yeah. And you know what? I don't even think men realize that either. I got a few mixed CDs in my day. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what does this mean? <laughs> does this mean something? Oh, I know. Because they'll put a song on, they'll put a couple of songs on there and you're like, wait. Yeah. But when they do it like <laughs> unprompted, like when I was in high school, the big thing was mix CDs. Yeah. And it'd be like, you're downloading like all these different random songs and then making a mix CD. Mm-hmm. I put so much effort into mix CDs. Oh my God. I didn't. <laughs> oh my God. I did. I needed the songs to like flow. Oh. And when I got a mix CD that I felt like. You did a good job with. Yeah. Mm. No, when someone gave me oh, a mix CD that yeah. they did a good job with. I even got one that had like the art drawn on it. Yes. And I was like, what is this? Like I couldn't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, completely. When they're good artists too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got, mm-hmm. got those CDs. Yes. Actually, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I kept mine. Or I do. I think I, my CDs went through a whole world of mess yeah so i really don't have that not because i was like i'm not keeping their mix cd right <laughs> nothing like that she yeah. said it went through well when you move a million times a million times i just found some at my mom's when we were cleaning out things and i was like oh my god mm-hmm. i cannot listen to these they're all over do you the have place. a song not to get too far from the Kilmore Girls episode. No, it's okay. But it's just, good. I'm just curious. Do you have like any songs that you remember from your mix CD that were like, will like always remember? You'll remember it because of that mix CD almost. So there's one song that I used to listen to a lot when I was a teenager. It's called Constantine with a K, and it's by a group called Something Corporate. Um. They were like a, an alternative. I don't even know if I would say alternative, but they were like emo pop punk kind of thing. But they the lead the lead singer played the piano while they would play like rock music. And it's like a nine minute long song. And it's like this story of like this beautiful woman and he doesn't think that he's good enough for her but that anytime she walks down the stairs she's an absolute vision and he 
can't get the thought of her out of his head. That song, I would listen to that and journal. That would be my journaling song. So that's like very, anytime I hear that song, I'm instantly transported to my bedroom when I was 14. Mm. Yeah. What about you? From my mixed CDs? Yeah. Or just like a song that you like relate to. Like you, it brings you back immediately when you hear it. Oh, I don't know that top of my head. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's like my bands where I'm like, where I have that same thing where it's being in my bedroom. And it's like what? Like who? It's, the, it's like the Cranberries and oh. Cardigans and Zombie. Smash. And, yeah. Zombie. Yeah. 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 Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. Stuff like that. But, I didn't yeah. get into Smashing Pumpkins. I think <gasps> I would have really liked them because I liked Nirvana mm-hmm. and I liked, um, what's the other Nirvana band that's not Nirvana? <laughs> I can't think of it. I don't know. Nirvana band that's not like Nirvana? <clears throat> Maybe it's Smashing Pumpkins that I'm thinking of. No, it's not. I don't know. But like Foo Fighters, like all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like what Jess listens to is more extreme than what I listen to. He's he's the very cool guy. alternative. He's the cool yeah. guy that knows mm-hmm. all the cool music. Mm-hmm. Him and Dave, I think, are like that. Yes, completely. The completely. Cool mm-hmm. So he gives her the CD. Rory asks, you know, what what's going on? And he says, well, Luke and I have been apartment hunting all morning and... She's like, oh, did you find anything yet? And he's like, no. And then he goes, did you change your hair? And she's like, well, you're not very good at segueing conversations. And he's like, well, did you? And she's like, no, I wear my hair like this a lot. And he's like, oh. And she's like, was that good or is it bad? And he was, and he didn't get to answer because then Lorelai comes in. And... um. Clearly makes it awkward immediately. And she's like, oh, Jess, you're here. Great. She's making it so awkward. And I don't, so is she doing that on purpose? Or is it just like, she just really feels, and it's like, why do you feel that uncomfortable around a teenage boy? I know. It's just like, it's like, see, Rory. He's an asshole. Yeah. And it's like, totally. sh- um, you're also like, he's not an idiot, Lorelai, and you can see all your weird faces. Yeah. You're not really making this like. I think she must think that he's not as observant as he is. Yeah. And it's like, I think you're forgetting that Rory told you he's very well read and smart And he's going to pick up on this stuff because why wouldn't he? Like, you're being a jerk. Yeah. But also, he doesn't help the problem either by giving, like, the one-word responses. He's being a jerk, too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I feel like she just needs to let it go. Yeah. Yeah. Because he, he... He's almost doing it even more in response because he knows it bo- it's bothering her. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So, yeah. And so 
she's like, do you want come in? Do you want anything to drink? And she says that she offers him a Coke. He takes the Coke, whatever. Rory says, oh, they're looking for apartments. And Lorelai said, oh, that's great. Did you find anything? Nope. Everything she says is like a one word response. And she's like, okay, well, I guess um, you can get started. There's a ladder and everything you need out back. And Rory says, I'll show you where everything is. And he walks out and Lorelai looks at Rory and says, I'm trying. And Rory says, well, keep it up. And she walks outside. Lorelai kind of has this look on her face like, what am I getting myself into as Rory leaves? And then she walks over to Jess and she's like, I have a question for you. You understand the English language. You speak lots of sentences. And then suddenly when my mom comes around, it's one word responses. What's up with that? And Jess goes, well, the verbal thing kind of comes and goes. And she's like, what do you not want my mom to like you? And, and he's like, well, I took the Coke. Like that was like his mm-hmm. olive branch. And she's like, my mom is my best friend. And I and she means everything to me. And Luke is important to us. And if you want us to like be able to hang out and get along or whatever, I need you to get along with my mom. And he's like just because you and I are friends and because your mom and Luke are friends does not mean that I need to like her. And I'm like, I mean, he has a point. Yeah. I mean, this is him establishing that he is different than Dean Mm -hmm. because Dean said to Lorelai, whether or not you like me makes all the difference to Rory. And Jess doesn't feel the need to impress Lorelai mm-hmm. in order to date Rory. Yeah. And at that point, Rory kind of spirals into this whole thing. Well, and she says, if you, you know, cared about me at all, you would want to make peace with my mom. And, and then he kind of smiles and he goes, what makes you think I care about you? And she's like, well, not care, like care. Not like care, care. Yeah. You know, not. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and she like does this whole like stammering thing. And she's like, she's my best friend. And I really, it's important to me that you two get along. And he's like, okay. And she walks off and it shows him then crouching down to get all of his stuff ready to climb the ladder And he gets a smile on his face. And I think that is the first time we genuinely see Jess smiling. Mm -hmm. And not because he did something, not because he made like a snide remark, but because I think he is genuinely happy that she is picking up what he's putting down. Yeah. (laughs) For lack of a better phrase. I mean, there... This is basically saying I like you, too. Mm -hmm. There's no other way around it. No. No. Mm -hmm. She's laying down (laughs) the law. Like, if you really want me to date you, you have to like my mom. Yeah. And my mom has to like you. And... It's important for you to like my mom. And it's important for my mom to like you. Yep. 
meaning I like you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't really care about Gene right now. Right. That's like literally, that's how he received all that information. Yeah, it's kind of like, well, if my mom ends up liking you, then I can drop Dean and date you instead. But right now, my mom is so partial to Dean that there's no way we could ever be together. Mm -hmm. And she, I'm sorry, Rory is not good at hiding how she feels. This is the second time she's turned into like a bumbling fool when questioned about Jess Mm -hmm. or... You know, what makes you think I care about you kind of thing. And she doesn't know how to handle it. Even when he asked if she changed her hair and she was like, is it bad? Is it a bad change or good? And it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. She's never been like this. She's never weird with the guy. She's like, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I think she's weird up until she gets them. Yeah. Then I think she's a little less weird. It's funny because I think with Dean, we don't get all of this because he is not sexy. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right <laughs> Some word. Some people do think he's really sexy. Just sure. He's not our flavor. Yeah. But I, he doesn't like emote sexy. Like, and I hate saying that word because he's technically a teenager. Yeah, but it's like but we let's all get in the same boat. We don't want teenagers, right? I <laughs> but he doesn't have like this quality to this mysteriousness to him. No, and if when he does try to do it, it's like, what are you doing, you dork? Knock it yeah, off! Yeah, exactly. Like imagine like Dean leaning on that door when you open it. It's like, oh god. Give me a break. Yeah, you exactly. Know? But Jess does it, and you're like, stop it. What are you doing? <laughs> but, you know, it is like Rory almost has this quality, and I have this too because, like, if I'm very attracted to someone, and I mean extreme in real life because it's very rare for me, when that does happen, I, I am the type of person that, like, will walk the opposite way. Yeah. Fully. And, and I think that she has this nervous quality with Jess because she's very. I don't think she understands yeah. either, like where it's where it's coming from or how do I process this feeling? Because I don't feel this way about Dean and Dean is my boyfriend. Yeah. And is this like a crush? Is this just like more? Is it more than that? Like. And then also, how do I navigate breaking up with Dean if I want to pursue something with Jess? Yeah, and I'm sure she still likes Dean, too. Yeah, it's comfortable. Yeah. You know, and mom likes Dean, so that makes it easier. The whole town loves Dean. Yeah. There's a lot of pressure. But she just can't help herself with Jess. But I want to talk about something very subtle. Oh, yeah, please, 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 please. If you noticed it. Okay. And I wanted to bring this up earlier, but I was like, I'll wait for this point. Okay. It's her coat. This is not. It has fur on it. It is literally like a Lorelei coat. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is very subtle. I don't know if they did that on purpose. 
Mm. But I think that it's an interesting choice because I've never seen her in this cult before. It's that cowl. What is that? Um, The sheep. The sheep fur, whatever. Yeah. Jacket. It's not Lorelai's jacket because Lorelai's is shorter. She has a jean one that has the fur. Yeah, no, this is a very, like, present style for her. I always feel like Rory is a little bit behind on the the clothing choices. Yeah. But now I feel like she's kind of trying to pick things up. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you noticed this. And remind me to bring this up in the next scene, but her hair changes in the next scene. Okay. So it's... I just don't know what it is about... I think it's the mysteriousness and the fact that he does share a lot of interests that she has. And they can have different conversations that her and Dean can't have. Yeah. And sometimes I think people do get to a point in relationships where they get too comfortable. Mm -hmm. And then it's like I'm hanging out with my friend, not my significant other. Yeah. And I think she's too young to have understand that and explain that. And and like are also because they are so young and I do want to get the into this more in the next scene. So I just want to bring it up very briefly. But their connection between books between Rory and Jess is so palpable. Mm-hmm. So strong. Mm-hmm. It's like so fun for them because they love it so much. Yeah. That they're almost dating a book. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's like their ideal situation <laughs> is to date a book. Yeah. And I think you know? that it's like thrilling. Yeah. It's, it's like very exciting. You can have like conversations at different levels because you understand something so deeply that the other person understands as well. Mm-hmm. Where like if she's trying to explain something to Dean, well, Dean can only understand so much if he hasn't read it himself. Yeah. And if he just doesn't care either. Right. Right. There's things that like, I've. it doesn't even matter about dating. I'm talking about any kind of friendship, relationship, coworkers. People are telling me stuff I do not care about. Yeah. You know, I'm like, oh, cool for you. I love that for you. I'm not, like, annoyed or anything that I have to hear it. Yeah. But I'm not. It's just different. It's just like, oh, okay. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, Dean and Rory don't have that with anything. And they I have think... no passion in any. It doesn't have to be books, I guess, but none of it. Yeah. And this is the episode where I think she starts to realize that. Yeah. <laughs> we have arrived to the stars hollow fundraiser buy a book event for charity and they do a lot of charity events in stars hollow mm-hmm. the tisket a tasket they made pretty good money off of that i would imagine and now we're doing the Buy a book fundraiser. So it opens with Jess sitting on the stoop of someone's house. And he's got like a stack of books next to him. And then Rory comes back with another stack of books. And he's like, 
She goes, you only looked at books for five minutes. And he goes, no, I looked for 20 minutes. And then you looked for two hours. And she's like, it hasn't been two hours. And once she sees his watch, she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm done. I'm done. We can go. And he's like, no, no, it's fine. And she's like, no, I want to spend the day with you. He's like, okay. One thing to note is that her hair is pulled back in a ponytail now. And I don't know if that is just me overreading or overanalyzing, but it is interesting that after Jess compliments her on her hair, she pulls it back. Mm-hmm. Out of guilt. Uh-huh. Yeah, that would be my guess. So she grabs her stack of books. They go up to the register and um, Gypsy says, "You did you check out the astronomy section? She's like, oh, yeah. And it turns out she didn't. But as she pushes up her sleeves to go to pay for the books, Dean discovers that her bracelet is missing. And he says, where's your bracelet? He goes, where's your bracelet? Yeah. (laughs) And she's like, oh, I I had a rash. And once it's gone, I'll put it back on. He goes, why'd you take it off? Yeah. Like. I'd be like, excuse me. It's string and like a washer. That's all it is. I'd like, what? Yeah. No. Mm. I mean, I guess. The psychoness of you not wanting me to take off the bracelet you gave me. Yeah. <clears throat> it's interesting. But you know what? It's a young relationship. And sometimes there are things in young relationships that do mean a lot. That do not mean anything to us as adults. Yeah. That's you know? true. Like the letterman's jacket or like the wearing the sweatshirt with your boyfriend's name on it or whatever, like all that kind of stuff. But like a bracelet and you expect her to never take it off. That's gross. Like, I would hope she takes it off sometimes. Well, it's like like the reaction is creepy to me. I'd be like, listen, dude. It's just like your insecurity is showing. I go, go buy yourself a big bucket of popcorn and some twizzlers and and we can go watch lord of the rings by yourself rory is kind of showing that she's annoyed with him because yeah he's like i want to go see lord of the rings and she's like again (laughs) and he's like you said you loved it and you wanted to see it a hundred times and she goes well i didn't think we were taking that literally and it's like oh Okay. Well, I mean, Lord of the Rings is a really long movie. It is a really long movie. Although I did see that three times in the theater. Oh, I only saw the first one once, and that was enough for me. Yeah, it's okay. That's okay. Not not everybody's gonna like Lord of the Rings. That's true. It's funny that Dean likes it so much. Well, but I can see why he seems like a Lord of the Rings guy. Yeah. Yeah, I could see it. I think for him, it's like, it's the action. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. The adventure. Like Aragon, like yeah. Stan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love the swords. Oh, the elves are so cool. Like, he probably loves Braveheart. Oh, totally loves Braveheart, but so yeah. do I. I've never seen it. <gasps> they may never take our land. They may take our land. But they may never take, take our, our freedom. freedom. I know that part. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and when my mom listens to this, I know I'll get a text message being like, you've never seen Braveheart. (laughs) 
I told her last that, night that I watched Overboard and she was like, you've never seen Overboard? <laughs> I was like, what? I, I, no, I guess not. I will say I do think Braveheart's a good movie, though. Okay. Good to know. Um, but yeah, back to Gilmore Girls. Yeah. I think for Dean, he is holding on to whatever he can that shows that Rory is still somewhat interested in him. Mm-hmm. And the bracelet, her wearing that nonstop, was his security blanket. Like, if she's wearing that bracelet, I know she's all in still. And then yep. the bracelet's <clears throat> gone, and now he's like, well, why did she take it off? What was she doing? Where was she? <laughs> Who was she with? And then he just kind of like spirals. And she says, oh, I had a rash, so I, I took it off. But once the rash is fully gone, it's, it's going to go right back on. And he's like, okay. And they make a compromise that she can look at the astronomy section. They'll go see Lord of the Rings. And then they'll rent Autumn in New York and make fun of it mercilessly. And that's how they'll end their day together. And if you haven't seen Autumn in New York, Autumn in New York, um, that movie is garbage. <laughs> Richard Gere and Winona, Winona Ryder. Ryder. Yeah. And they have a daughter together. And then at the end of the movie, the daughter and her newborn and Richard Gere are in a rowboat uh, in Central Park. And they don't have oars, so nobody knows how they got into the middle of the water (laughs) with a newborn baby and no life jackets. And it's just... Winona Ryder dies, right? Yeah. Yeah. Spoiler alert. But she does die. Yeah, those were like big... The big time movies back then was like... The man meets a woman who like is some kind of nymph... Yeah. Like fairy, like yep. I'm gonna change your life, and yep. they fall in love, and then he finds out she's gonna die. I mean, what that's other like Sweet movie? November. I've never seen that. Okay, isn't that like Walk um, to Remember? Yeah, Walk to Remember. We just watched um, Clone I'm High. Be a dying wife. They quote that Walk to Remember. Oh. Um, I don't want to be a dying wife. <laughs> I'm and okay. I want to be like, I want to think that like those TikToks where you see like the flashback, like a woman will do like, I'm the dead wife. Yeah. Flashback. Yeah. And it's like, never get over me. Yeah. Oh, ha, 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 you're so in love with me. You can never forget me. Mm-hmm. I, Bryn and I, I never have want had you to have like happiness. those morbid conversations <laughs> where it's like, if I die, do you think you'll remarry someone? And I think deep down in my heart, I couldn't. And yeah. I, I wouldn't. And I, and I told Brynn, I was like, I don't think I would remarry anyone because I'd just be too sad. And he was like, well, I don't think I would remarry anyone because I'd be too scared. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like come oh. back and like haunt him or oh. something. <laughs> I was like, you know, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, that is fair. But yeah, so I do want to ask you about this scene real quick. Oh yeah, please do. Please <laughs> about do. Please Gilmore do. Girls. I think that Rory was at this book fair, and the whole time she was thinking about Jess and excited to get these books and show them to Jess and talk about the books she got. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. 
I thought she is probably thinking to herself, this date would be so much better with Jess. I wish Jess, Jess was would here. would love to be at this book fair. Mm-hmm. Yep. A thousand percent. And I think seeing Dean all frumpy and dumpy on the <sighs> stoop really brought her back to her reality of... That really I don't have sucks. Jess. I have Dean. That sucks when you are in a relationship and then you start to like someone else. Yeah. So I do think that's true. I think she, the whole time yeah. she was there and maybe while she was picking out books, she's like, I wonder if Jess has read this one. If Jess hasn't read this one, I should get it because maybe he would like to read it too. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's probably very much the case. Yep. And uh, we know it. I don't blame her. No. She's young. She's only 16. Like, let her... She needs wide open spaces. Okay. The chicks. <laughs> I love that song. Me too. Yeah. Okay. All let's, right. Let's go ahead. Let's move see. on, because I think there's more coming. Okay. Okay. We cut to Lorelai taking out a bunch of takeout food from the refrigerator and kind of thinking as she pulls out a plate, hmm, maybe I should go invite the child to see if he would like to eat. And she goes outside and she asks Jess if he wants anything to eat. He says, no, I'm good. And then she's like, okay. And he kind of thinks for a second. And he's like, okay, if I'm going to put in the effort, this is an opportunity to put in the effort. And he goes, Actually, Chinese sounds great. She's like, really? He's like, yeah, if you have enough. He comes down. They start putting food on their plate. And they're having like this little back and forth. And it gets comes to like an awkward lull. And he's like, I'm not good at small talk. And she's like, I think you're doing fine. I think I more than anything just appreciate that Jess is not changing who he is to appease Lorelai he's just being very himself Mm -hmm. and just saying like I'm not a small talk person what you see is what you get and I hope that you can embrace that Mm -hmm. and like that for what it is and not only is he not changing himself for Lorelai he is changing himself for Rory in a sense of mm-hmm. I'm going to go and talk to Lorelai. Yeah. But he's staying he is staying true to himself. Right. While changing himself for Rory but while staying true to himself. Yeah. Yeah. Almost. Exactly. Yeah. Um as they're sitting there, Rory comes in and she's like, "Mom, mom, I can't find it." She tells Lorelai that she lost the bracelet and she had to cover up that she took it off because she had a rash and she doesn't know where it is. She doesn't remember when the last time she saw it was. And as this conversation is happening in the living room, we can see Jess standing in the entryway to the kitchen watching it go down. At the end of the scene, Lorelai is running outside to check the Jeep Rory is in her room and Jess is outside kind of watching this all unfold as he gets back to work. And I think we said this in 
a tisket a tasket, but we don't know that Jess knows this is from Dean. Mm-hmm. He just thinks it's a bracelet of Rory's and that's it. And I think once he finds out that it's hers, I'm wondering what you think his or that thought it's Dean's. or that it's Dean's. I'm wondering what you think his thought process is here. Uh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. I think it's. I want her to end things with Dean because of me, not because of a bracelet. Yeah. So I need to get her this bracelet back. So. Yeah. And I think also he doesn't want to make her life hard. Right. You know, completely. Like he likes her. Mm-hmm. You don't want to see her stressed out. Right. Yeah. And plus, he's probably so annoyed he's been holding that thing and gazing at it. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> Dean made it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, great. I thought this was like her bracelet and this is oh. Dean's. That's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Karma. I think, yes, karma completely. <laughs> A cat in your lap. (laughs) We are at the Independence Inn with Lorelai under the front desk, crawling to see if Rory's bracelet came off there. Michelle says that he already looked for it when she asked and that he should just trust that he did what she said. And at that point, the phone rings. Luke says he needs help looking at this apartment. He doesn't understand why he would need to pay for a fireplace if he doesn't want one why he has to pay for parking if it's not even a good spot all things that are justifiably frustrating in apartment hunting um which explains why we've been in the same place for so long and she says do you want me to come look at the apartment he says yes right now she's like uh well he goes i need to know by the end of the day she's like okay she tells Michelle that she needs him to guard the desk. He spirals into this whole, well, you know, are you sure I'll actually watch the desk like I say? Because I don't know if you can trust me. And she says, well, I can trust you. It's fine. And Lorelai's off to look at apartments with Luke. Mm-hmm. Short but sweet scene. Very sweet. But the next scene is very interesting. <laughs> We are at the apartment with Luke and Lorelai and this amazing realtor. And she walks them in and starts showing them everything. And then she says, I don't know if your husband told you, but and Luke goes to stop her like this is not my wife. And Lorelai is like, don't listen to him. You know, men, when that ball game comes on, I I could be wrapped in cellophane and he wouldn't even bat an eye. And it's another fried green tomatoes reference. Yeah, that's the second time they've made that reference. But this, like, it was the same reference too. But wasn't the first time? Was it Emily that made that reference? No, it was Lorelai. It was okay. Um, but it was to Emily. but to Emily. Yeah. Okay, and she kind of goes on and on, like playing this role of like their newlyweds, basically. 
And she keeps calling him Snuffy. Oh, Snuffy. Just stop. The realtor gives them the paperwork and says, look the place over and here's the paperwork just in case you make any decisions. And Lorelai has her arm around Luke, Luke's arm, and she goes, I promise we won't do anything dirty while you're gone. <laughs> and then the realtor is like, well, if I looked as good as if my husband and I looked as good as the two of you, we'd never get dressed. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is so inappropriate <laughs> i just like i can't i cannot who would say that a middle-aged realtor i guess <laughs> she's just like and she's so happy like mm-hmm. basically with her like power suit on she's like just basically like hitting on lorelei and luke mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah without hitting on them but exactly basically saying i'd be down mm-hmm. for this so she walks away and she leaves them and Lorelai's like, okay, let's hear it. Let's hear your reasons for not liking this place. He says, it's too big. I don't need two bathrooms. I live on the top floor and everything he lists Lorelai combats with something else. And he's like, okay, well, let me hear your concerns. And she's like, I don't have any. It's a great place and you need the space. And he says, well, I only need it for like a year because, you know, who knows where Jess is going to go. And she's like, did something happen? And he goes, well, no, but next year he'll probably go to college and or Attica or whatever. And he won't need the space anymore. And she's like, but it's good to have space, Luke. It's good to have enough space that you can bring home a lady friend you know, you you approach your apartment door and you walk in and all you have is this single bed with Jess's feet sticking in the air because you never did get rid of that body, which is a callback to earlier. And she goes, you know what people say? And he's like, what? What's wrong with having a single bed? And she's like, it says you're not open to a relationship. And he goes, no, it says I'm not open to sharing my bed. She's like, well, that's not much better. And he's like, fine. I'll I'll sign it. I'll do it, but I'm not doing the spruce. And she's like, oh, yes, you will. And so he opens the pen cap with his mouth, opens the pen with his mouth and starts filling out the application. And that's where that scene ends. Mm -hmm. I want to hear your thoughts. On what? On all of it? On all of it. Okay. Like, what is she doing here? She's helping him find an apartment. <laughs> that's all. I don't know if that's all. I mean, I think it is, but why does he care what her concerns are? Yeah. Because she says, like, you're going to meet a nice lady someday at Timberland. <laughs> Probably at the Timberland store. Yeah. And it's like, no, he's not. You know what you're doing here. Mm-hmm. You know why you're here. He wants you to like it. Yeah. But she's not going to admit that to herself. Mm-mm. No. She just thinks she's being a good friend. I can't get over Luke wanting to sleep in a twin bed. I know. He's got to be like 6'3". Yeah. 
When Brynn and I started dating, he had a twin bed. I was going to ask. It was horrible. I was like, no. Was he the first guy you ever had that with a twin bed? Because she's so right about guys in twin beds. It does No, my first boyfriend had a twin bed. Yeah. I always had a full bed. And even when Brynn and I lived together, like in that house with everybody else, I did not sleep in his bed. I Mm -hmm. slept in my bed alone because I was like, no. Yeah. I want my my full-size bed to myself. (laughs) And I I guess I'm very much Luke in that way. Yeah, I had a twin for a very long time because in roommate situations, I had a very small room Mm -hmm. and there was no other way for another, yeah, a bigger bed. But yeah, no, it does scream. Like he's, I would be just confused. I'd be like, why would you want to sleep like this? You are a big man. Yeah, you should have like a queen size bed at least. At the very least. I It's weird. I think he's just comfortable. It is it... And okay, she's Luke. like, "No, you need to make some changes here. It's time. It's time. You need to set an example for Jess." Yeah. And you need to get a bed for me. Yeah. I think when she saw his apartment, it was like, you're never going to bring somebody home here. Ever. But when does he get a bigger bed? Well, he does have, because when they hook up. Yeah, he's I got a big enough bed. I remember that bed. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it does happen. So but... we got to figure out when it happens, if we can... Keep an eye out for it. Yes, let's keep an eye out for it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Our next scene has Lorelai coming in the door and walking towards the kitchen. And when she walks towards the kitchen, Jess comes out of Rory's bedroom. And she's clearly very put off by this. And she's like, did you get lost? And he's like, no, I was just looking at Rory's books. I wanted to see if she had uh, Franny and Zoe. And it turns out she does. If she didn't have it, I was going to buy it for her. And she's like, well, that's very nice. And he's like, I guess I should get back to work. So it's that's it. That's all it is. And she's kind of left looking at the situation like what was going on here. Like, was he in there for her underwear? Yeah. Like, that would be my first thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's fair. That's fair. Like, if I was a mother, you know? Yeah, completely. Or if I was with, like, my niece or, like, if some guy was in her room, I'd be like... What are you What are you taking? What are you, you stealing? You want her underwear. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. So, I looked up Franny and Zoe. And Franny and Zoe is by J.D. Salinger, mm-hmm. which is what we had just talked about. And um, the moral of the story is just act and do it with all of your might. So don't think on it, just do it. Which I think is a very interesting um, story, considering Jess is kind of like that. Mm -hmm. He just acts, and he doesn't think through what he's doing. And And Rory's being like that, too. I think him giving her Franny and Zoe is saying, just end it with Jeff or Mm -hmm. just end it with Dean. Just think, don't. Yeah. Just do it. 
and don't think about the repercussions. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a it's a message. He's yeah. trying to send a message to her. Mm-hmm. And because basically she is not thinking right now. She's doing things, I think, like she's cheating, like emotionally cheating. Yeah, she is absolutely emotionally cheating. I think intellectually cheating as well. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think. She doesn't have enough exposure to relationships or exposure to, like, situations where you would. I think what I'm trying to say is her, she is very black and white when it comes to relationships. Like, for her, cheating is probably, like, me kissing him or me going on a date with him while I'm still dating Dean. I don't Mm -hmm. know if she considers what she's doing cheating. No. She does. And so that's why she thinks it's okay and that she's getting away with it, for lack of a better term, if that makes sense. Like, I don't think she thinks she's getting away with it. I think she just doesn't think she's doing anything wrong. I don't know if she thinks she's not doing anything wrong. Because I think that's the thing is I think that she's being sneaky right now. Yeah. She's setting it up. Mm-hmm. She's setting it up. Yeah. Completely. Telling him that I need you to like my mom is basically the conversation they had earlier. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. She's getting everything lined up. Yeah. I think that's true. But is she subconsciously lining everything up so that when she can break it off with Dean? Or is she just setting it up and seeing... Is this something that I want to dump Dean over? Do I do I want to dump Dean for Jess? <clears throat> but I'm going to keep my hands in both of the buckets. I think... I don't even know if that's a saying. <laughs> no, but I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. It's... This all goes back to what I had texted you about yesterday. I wanted to see what happens in the bookstore. I wanted to see what happened the rest of their day together because I think that would really help us as an audience kind of guide where they are at when it is just the two of them. Mm -hmm. You mean Dean and Rory? No, I mean Rory and Jess. Oh, After a tisket a tasket, after their date when they went to the bookstore and the pizza place and Mm -hmm. had like this whole day to themselves... I wanted a glimpse of that to see. Well, yeah. And I want to know how much they're talking on the phone and stuff. Yeah. Because I feel like they that's where they've been progressing. Their relationship is these phone calls. It has to be progressing somehow because it's at the end of t- a tisket a tasket, she calls and that kind of sets a tone where it's like, now we can talk on the phone. Mm-hmm. We could talk on the phone when nobody is around. Mm-hmm. And that's like their safe space because how often is Rory home alone where she could talk on the phone? Probably enough. Yeah. And it's like, you're giving yourself these little moments of it's okay because no one's here to see it happen. Mm -hmm. But the minute somebody asks her about it, there's shame or there's guilt or there's something else involved. And we see this with Rory multiple times Mm -hmm. where 
she can come up with any excuse in the book to justify why what she did wasn't wrong. Mm -hmm. And the biggest one that sticks out to me is when she sleeps with Dean. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't know where that comes from with her. Mm -hmm. Where does she think... I don't want to say, like, where does she get off thinking that that's okay? But it's like, what is your thought process here? Because are you acting guilty? Are you acting shameful? Or do you really have guilt and shame? Or are you at the point now where your character has totally shifted, where now you have almost become the antagonist Mm -hmm. because... You are going against what your grandparents want, what your mother wants for this boy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I think that she's. She's a hard character because she seems like. Judgmental. Of other people. Mm -hmm. But she. She can do whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where that comes from. And I... I think it comes down to, like, this complex everyone gave her of being the perfect specimen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I think, too, it's dangerous to say it's based on other people. Yeah. You know. But if you're, like, raised, like, since you were little and that's how everyone treats you. Yeah. So then is it kind of like she's like Tristan where she's trying to kind of fight the system? No. That's been set up for her. I think that's just her being, like, selfish. Mm. Or I don't know. I don't know. I can't get that far into Rory's. I know. This is just the beginning of it. I'm just seeing these glimpses of she is she is playing Dean right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She is. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. Because she's at that book fair and she I guarantee you was thinking about Jess. Yeah. And she's been talking to Jess on the phone, I'm sure. So, Mm -hmm. but yeah, the, just do it, just go for it. Yeah. And that's what she does when she finally does kiss him too. Oh, I can't wait for that episode. And you gotta imagine, like, if they are having these secret conversations on the phone and talking about books and he's sending you, like, telling you to read, um, Franny and Zoe again or whatever, and then you read it and Mm -hmm. you're trying to surf search for the meaning of what he's trying to say to you and it gets you excited Mm -hmm. just like not even being with him but you're like reading a book he told you to read and it gets you yeah excited to talk to him and makes you feel flushed you're suddenly like revolving your existence around him yeah well you're getting like turned on and he's not even not even there yeah (laughs) yeah He's I mean, like so good, Jess. Dang. He has really like You're doing work off the made clock. room in her brain. 
Yeah. And I think it's his intelligence, the fact that he's well-read, I think because he can keep up with her Mm -hmm. in a way that Dean can't. And I think she likes that he's pining for her. Yeah. I think so, too. Dean didn't have to do that. It was very much like he does do it like, oh, I want to touch you and kiss you. And Mm -hmm. he does desire her. Yeah. Wait, Dean or Jess? Dean. Yeah. But I think Dean now it's more territorial. Yeah. Than it is affection. Where like Jess does it in a different way. He does it in the way where Mm -hmm. we've all been there. Yeah. And it's fun. And it's palpitating and you get butterflies and it's, he's not making a move on Rory in a way that Dean would suspect he would. Mm -hmm. He's doing it in a different way that like makes it so her brain can't function without thinking about him. Mm -hmm. And... He knows that he's got her when she did the whole, like, well, if you care about me. Yeah. And he Mm. was like, what makes you think I care about you? And then she stumbles through the, like, not care, care, you know, like, not Mm -hmm. care, 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 whatever. And he smiles. That is telling the audience, I've got her hook, line, and sinker. Mm -hmm. So now don't think, just do it. Yeah. Just act on it. Let's go. Mm -hmm. I'm ready. (laughs) <laughs> and I am so ready. I'm ready too. It's oh. sometimes this show should be illegal. It should. <laughs> we are with Luke at Dozy's Market, and Taylor approaches him and says that he needs to talk to him about his application. And it turns out that. Taylor owns the building that Luke wants to rent from. And once he discovers that, he's like, I can't live here. I can't do this. And he says, okay, well, fine. I wasn't going to accept it anyway, but we do need to talk about your sign. And Luke's like, what about the sign? And he says, well... I know you have sentimental value to the Williams hardware sign, but if I buy this flower shop next door, I don't want people to be so confused when they look to your sign and think, am I buying hammers or a burger that they don't even notice the collectible plate store next door. And he's like collectible plates. And Taylor explains, yeah, you know, like with the Beatles or Mary Poppins or Elvis And Luke kind of goes into like a blind rage and he's like, you need to be within arms. You're you need to back up. You're within arm swinging length of me right now. And Taylor's like, well, it needs to come down. It's confusing. And he's like, I'm with arm swinging length. And he's just like, the rage is just building in him. And Taylor says, I would have never approved you, your application anyway, throws it in the garbage and walks away. And we see Luke, he turns around and he has like red. His face is just red. Like he's seeing red and he storms off. And that's the end of that scene. 
So it turns out that Taylor is buying a lot of different places in order to have more control on giving Stars Hollow a more uniform look. And Luke does not like that because he says, we don't live in a fascist country. And you know how he is about everything being the same. Mm-hmm. He does not like that. So now what is he going to do? We shall find out. <laughs> we are back at the Gilmore's. Jess is kind of wrapping things up for the um, gutters. Sorry, brain <laughs> fart. He's wrapping things up for the gutters. And Rory comes around the corner and he says, you look good. She's like, I'm fine. And he goes, talk. And she sits down on the steps and says, you know, I'm just worried that if I don't find this bracelet, I don't know what that will mean for me and Dean. And I don't know what Dean will think. Because we've been going through a rough patch. Yeah, we've yeah we've been having kind of a have rough been patch weird or something. And he's like, "Well, should he read anything into it?" And Rory's like, mm, "No." And we all know the real answer to that question, but this kind of goes back to us saying she kind of has to lie to herself to make it okay right now. And Jess kind of convinces her to keep looking and says, sometimes it's where you looked, you know, still where you looked. Just go look again. She says, I'll go look again. He says, you do that. She goes inside and she does find it. It's under her bed. And she tells Lorelai to put it on and to cut off circulation, make sure it's on good and tight. And... Then she decides she's going to go run and tell Lane that she doesn't, she can stop praying that she finds it. Jess is finishing up, tying up bags, putting bags aside and getting ready to go. And Lorelai comes out and she says, you weren't going to come in and get your money. And he's like, well, I, I know where you live. And she goes, you sure do know where I live. And she then accuses him of stealing the bracelet. And she says, why'd you do it? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And she goes, it's a little suspicious that I come home, you're in Rory's room. And then the next time she goes in there, she finds the bracelet. How did you do it? I know that you did it, you little jerk. Or you little jerk, you did it or whatever. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I had nothing to do with that. And she said that is the most important thing she owns. You know, Dean and and Rory are so special and it's so special to her, whatever. And she's madly in love with him. You're just jealous because she's madly in love with Dean. And he's like madly in love. If she loves that bracelet so much, why did it take her two weeks to notice it was gone? You might want to reevaluate how madly in love she is with him. And she's like, you need to go. And he's like, sounds great. And he walks away. And now I think that was Jess's way of being like, Lorelai, wake up. Mm-hmm. 
And like, what would have happened if he said, I did have the bracelet? Yeah. Like, would she have been any easier on him? No. It probably would have been worse. I think it's so weird that she feels like she has the right to go and have these big dramatic fights and like call out sessions with her daughter's love entrance or friends. Yeah. Because she's done this with Dean too before. Remember when they had that breakup or whatever? Mm-hmm. And she went and yelled at him or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, she has a really interesting way of confronting people and talking out of her butt when she really has no room to say anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I was in the situation, I'd just be like, oh, well. I would be like, I would go and talk to Rory and be like, he took that bracelet. That's what mm-hmm. I would have done. Yeah. I'd be yeah. like, Rory, he came out of your room. And I would have told her. But I think she didn't want to tell Rory that because then she's afraid Rory will be like, you just him. don't like him. Or, yeah. Yeah. Or that she likes him, too. Mm-hmm. Like, give him, give her more fuel. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think no matter how this situation would have gone down, it would have ended the same. And even if he said, like, I didn't know that that was Dean's bracelet. She left it. And I was just holding on to it. Mm-hmm. You know? I don't know. Well, I made a good point. She did not have it for two weeks and did not notice. Exactly. It took <laughs> Dean to notice. Because her mind is not on Dean anymore. hmm Just like we had said. Her yeah. mind is completely elsewhere now. hmm And she has no desire to... It's for two weeks? Yeah, for two whole weeks. Her mind has com- been completely on Jess. And it probably was already on him before that. It but was on him before that. means that. it's been two weeks since their date. Yeah. And so that's why I want to know what happened on the date. Yeah. I want to know. I want to know what they talked about. I want to know what, what their body language was. I want to know. I want to see it. Because I'm so oh, curious. Oh, I'm sure he found ways to touch her. You know, when yeah. they, like, they somehow, their arm ends up touching your arm and all that. Yeah. Or your hand. Yeah. Grazes. Or your knees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember those days. Those are the best days. Yeah. I just... This is where... Okay, I'm going to save that for town meeting. Never mind. I'm going to save it. Okay. Let's go into the next scene. Because it's pretty much the end. And I will save my discussion for a town meeting. Okay. After Jess leaves, Lorelai goes inside. Luke starts pounding on the door. She opens the door and he says, I just spent $100,000 and it's your fault. She's like, oh, good. And he says that he got so upset after talking to Taylor that he marched to the bank in a blind rage and bought the building. So now he owns the entire building. And Lorelai says there's some great options with that. You could expand Luke's diner. You could rent it to somebody Taylor would hate. You can, you know, do a lot with it. And he's like, okay. 
maybe I need to think about this a little bit before I get too upset. And she offers him some tea. Um, and as the kettle is boiling, she asks Luke if anything is going on between Jess and Rory. And, de- or, excuse me, Luke says, I I don't think so, but that'd be great if there was. Rory's a, a good kid. She'd be a good influence on Jess, and I think that'd be really great. And she's like, yeah, great. And Luke seems totally fine with it. Not an issue at all. But we also know that Luke doesn't particularly care for Dean either. Mm-hmm. And it cuts to Luke coming home that evening and going into the closet while Jess is reading a book. He pulls out a sledgehammer. Jess is startled by this and follows him to the other side of the apartment. Luke takes the sledgehammer and makes a big hole in the wall. And he goes, that's your room. Finish up. We'll hold hands and skip afterwards. Hands him the sledgehammer and he's off. And that's the end of the episode. So he's decided to expand the apartment. Which I think ultimately for somebody like Luke, that is a good compromise. Mm -hmm. But buying the whole building is a bit much. (laughs) It's kind of cool. It is cool. Bryn was like, I hope one day I have the ability to write a $100,000 check (laughs) and not even have to worry about what you would think about it. That'd be so cool. I was like, yeah, maybe someday. Maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's it. So now they're going to be remodeling and it's fun. Yeah. I love it. So mm-hmm. that's where this episode ends. Let's go into our town meeting. Okay. We call this town meeting to order. Okay. This episode had 36 pop culture references. For this town meeting, I wanted to ask you, because we have spent now one and a half seasons really kind of dragging Lorelai through the dirt, through the mud. Yeah. And saying that, you know, she's not a good person. She's selfish. She has all of these qualities that don't make her a good person. And then you and I are texting yesterday and we said we love bad girl Rory. <laughs> and I'm wondering, because I don't even know for myself, why can I justify Rory's character change, but hate on Lorelai's characteristics that are matching what Rory is turning into? Mm-hmm. What is the difference there for you as like an audience member. Oh, okay. Well, uh, for me, I like don't hate Lorelai. I know we run ish. I know we run her through the mud and I'm not, I know you're not saying hate. Yeah. Um, but I do like her, but she's this, it's, she's problematic. It's she, yeah, she's problematic. And re- the reason we bring her through the mud is because we're going to bring out the problem- problematic things that she's going to do. Right. Um, but there is a difference, I think, between her badness and Rory's, for sure. Um, 
But God. where does it stem from? Like, do you think we are allowed as an audience to dislike Lorelai's choices because Lorelai is already an established adult where now we are seeing Rory kind of growing up and growing into who she is going to become. Like it makes it more okay. Yeah. When she makes mistakes. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Hmm. I'm just so curious because it's, we get to this point where, we excuse a lot of Rory's behavior because she's growing up or she's learning or she's not sure. But, you know, by the time we get to the revival, she is not any better of a person than she was. And there she's a full blown adult. Mm -hmm. So where, where do we draw the line that this change is for the world? For the worst for her. Where do we draw the line? Yeah. Because if we're, I am, I will fully admit I love her emotionally cheating with Jess. I love it. I live for it. It is exactly what this show needed Mm -hmm. to pull me back in for season two. To be like, who's this guy? Oh, he's just like her. They have so much in common. I want more of that. Mm -hmm. I want it. I love the chase that's happening here. But if we look at it as she's cheating on Dean emotionally, that's not something I would ever do. Mm -hmm. But why am I so for it when I'm watching it? (laughs) Um, It's classic television archetype. Yeah. It's nature. It comes all the way back to the Bible. <laughs> when God was like, Eve, you can't be eating off that tree over there. Is this your impression of... Of um, God. Oh, of God. That's God. And then, okay. And then God was like, I'm going to put Jess on that tree. And Jess is the apple. Mm-hmm. Is Dean Adam? <laughs> is Dean Adam? And Rory's Eve and Jess is the apple. Yeah. Hmm. What a nice metaphor you just created. <laughs> the classic. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know. I. <sighs> it's it's this feels more palpable than like the normal will they won't they. Because we have like the will they won't they with Luke and Lorelai all the time. But this feels different. Well, yeah, because it's like she's doing something she te- she's not supposed to be doing. But who says that it's wrong? Well, she's dating someone that's society says it's wrong. Sure. But I mean, who in her life is going to tell her it's wrong? Well, everyone. No one likes him. Sure. I just feel like there's got to be more to it. I don't know. Maybe I'm reaching. Maybe I'm not understanding. I just need to I need to know why we make excuses for Rory and her change 
and say it's so great. We love it. It's so fun to watch. But then Lorelai is so cringy to watch when she does bad choices. I feel like for we're the only ones that like bad Rory. No, I'm not saying that. Like, I hope no one's listening. They're like thinking that I mean, like, we're the only ones that like bad Rory. Yeah. But like, you know what I mean? It seems like more people don't like bad Rory. Yeah. But the question is, is this is bad Rory though. So those people must like bad Rory Mm -hmm. if they like Jess. Uh, Yeah. Team Jess girls. You like bad Rory? They like Brad Rory. I don't know what it is, but I love a bad when the protagonist shifts like this. Mm-hmm. It is so interesting to me. It's like on Smallville. Did you ever watch Smallville? Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen it. So in season three. Not all of it. The but... best season of Smallville, season three. He gets a class ring and it has like a red stone in it. And it turns him into bad Clark. Mm-hmm. And he rides like a motorcycle and he wears like a leather jacket yeah. and he's like a huge asshole. And I'm watching this and I'm like, I love that. I you love, love that. Buffy. You're going to love Buffy then. But you're going to love Buffy then. Oh my God. Okay. But yeah, no. Yeah. No, I know. It just, I mean, it's the shift. Like it's grease. It's Sandy into bad Sandy. Yeah. It's like this, it's just, they do that in everything, a lot, not in everything, but a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But Rory doesn't change her outward appearance. Well, yeah, but it's the whole metaphor of, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good girl gone, gone bad. Girls gone wild. <laughs> That's a pop culture reference we don't need to explain. I don't know, you know, I don't really feel as on my A game today, deep, men, like deep mentally wise yeah i think (laughs) okay i think this episode is introducing us to rory wanting to take that leap but not sure how to do it Mm -hmm. and jess is kind of giving her this bait like here's i'm giving you opportunities now to take a risk to fall with me to try something different Mm -hmm. and in the next episode so next week we do season two episode 16 there's the rub Mm -hmm. that episode is when we see rory fall for the risk Mm -hmm. and she has fallen hard it's good it's so good it's Oh, my God. I can't wait. I know. And I'm going to think more about your question. I think it's something we need to look at next episode, too, because I think we need to see more of them Mm one-on-one to really understand what what that shift is for Rory and then why... Why are we so accepting of the shift for her, but not Lorelai? Yeah. And I don't know if it's because Lorelai is already a a person as is when we start the series, Mm -hmm. where it's more of a coming of age story for Rory. Yeah. But I think it, it, it might just be something so simple of like Rory was getting boring because we're not watching people to make... 
who make every choice right. Right, yeah. Like, that's even, like, stumbling blocks Ted Lasso had and, like, mm-hmm. even had to address itself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. within the series where it's like, okay, well. What are we going to do to spice this up? Like, Ted can't always be making the right decision. Right, yeah. Not, every, not everything can be perfect, but you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think that is the big shift for me was, like, okay, you're a person. Well, yeah, because if this show wouldn't have introduced Jess, what would the conflict have been? <laughs> Luke and Lorelai, not sure if they want to be together. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, Rory gets pregnant. Yeah, well. <laughs> I think there's a little that bit more That would never happen. Yeah. Not, not. Yeah. No. But I... it's just... There was so much left to tell. And I think Amy Sherman Palladino was like, what, what do I do to bridge this character into something new? Mm -hmm. And all it takes is one person to change everything. I think it does. And I think that's kind of where the power comes from in this episode of just look at how Rory influencing Jess and influencing Lorelai to try to get along caused them to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Look at how, you know, Jess talking to Rory helps her, you know, figure different things out. Like, and Rory and Dean at the book place shows that they're, there's a, a weird distance between them. There's like a lot going on here. That shows how one person can really change everything. And the change is coming. It started. And I can't wait. <laughs> so the change. I um, did take notes for this episode. Okay. I usually don't. Mm-hmm. But I did write, I decided to save this for town meeting. Okay. Because I kind of thought of something but okay um i did take notes during this episode i usually don't do it but i wanted to ask something about because i think we've been confused about the time yeah the seasons in here yeah it's weird because and we talked a little bit about it before too but it's like a tisket a tasket felt very spring because it had a lot of florals a lot of bright colors mm-hmm. but now here there's leaves on the ground. Like cleaning the gutters can be like a spring yeah. thing, I guess. But it just feels more fall. Yeah, because when I was watching Tisket a Tasket, I'm like, oh, it's spring. Like we're right. done with winter now. But Lorelai <laughs> was wearing her big puffy coat yeah. and then gloves when she yeah. goes into the diner to talk to Luke when he's looking at the little TV. And so I'm not really sure where where we're supposed to be at. Yeah, um, me either. Um, but I was so inspired by this time season mm-hmm. confusion that I wrote this quote, and I and I wrote it in Lana Del Rey's like voice. Okay, like if she was going to write poetry. Okay. So if this ever happens, I'm going to write down the quote, but okay. like in Lana's voice, and, I'll, and I'm going to repeat it for you right here. Okay. 
So if this ever happens in the future, I'll do it. Okay. Okay. And it's pertaining to this thing about the seasons. Okay. Okay, I'm going to do it. If time is linear, then I don't want to be right. That's like my quote. That. I think that's that's good. Mm-hmm. I think that's very fitting. I, I, this season does feel very all over the place, timeline-wise. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure what's happening. <laughs> um, I'm very confused by it. But, but I think, too, it's like, this is only the second season. Yeah. They're still trying to get a feel for things. They're still trying to figure things out. I mean, at the be- beginning of this season, she was still getting married. Mm-hmm. So. So that. Yeah. And it was like end of summer break. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, no, it was summer break. It was. And then she went back to school. We had Christmas. So it must be spring. It must be like March. Yeah. April? Maybe April. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. But we're getting there. We'll figure it out. So next week's episode is season two, episode 16. There's the rub. This is a great Paris episode. I know you said this is one of your favorites. I love this one. And uh, we get Emily and Lorelai. In a good in a good light. There's some good moments with them in this next one too. Yeah, I think there's some fun moments. Absolutely. And we will have the next one to ourselves. I think sixteen, seventeen, eighteen is just us. And then nineteen is when we have a guest again. But we um scheduled the finale. Which I can't believe we're already almost to the finale of season two. (laughs) But we will have Jenny and Mary both on the finale. And that'll be like an evening one. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're going to do a bit of a live reaction um, clip in the episode for all of you. And I wonder what that could be about. (laughs) I know. So it's exciting. But you can find us on TikTok. And Instagram at underscore growing up Gilmore underscore. The lists are on Pinterest under growing up Gilmore. Um, the playlist will be linked below. I think that's it. Right? I think that's so. the spiel, the normal spiel. Um, so, yeah, we'll see you next week for season two, episode 16. There's the rub. Bye, everyone. Bye.